Extraordinary Asian Women is a podcast featuring Asian women and the journey to their extraordinary lives. My name is Claudia Chen, and in this journey together, I'll help you build the curiosity to know yourself, the compassion to love yourself, and the courage to be yourself in order to bring out the unicorn in you. As a life coach, wife, and mom, I will share with you my stories along with other Asian women to inspire and encourage you to live the life you've always dreamed of. I'm excited about this. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Extraordinary Asian Women Podcast. Today, I have a lovely guest with me. She is a project manager, award-winning motivational speaker, author, and coach. She holds an MBA degree, professional project management certification, and has over 25 years of corporate experience. She has also been recognized as one of the inspiring women in technology 2021 by the Association of Telecom, Mobility, and IT Management Professionals. She also has recently became a number one international bestselling author to the book, Inspiring Women Professionals Who Boss Up. I would like to introduce you to Gail Muriel. Hi, Gail. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Claudia. It's so great to be here. For the listeners who don't know, Gail and I actually met from one of our speaking programs with Didi Wong, and that was how I knew her. Um, could you share with our listeners what your cultural background is, Gail, and a little bit about yourself? Sure. I uh, have been raised in, uh, born and raised in the Chicago area, uh, but I am Filipino. I, as as you mentioned, I help inspire and empower women who lost confidence or feel unworthy from self-doubt, learn how to regain their self-esteem through self-discovery, overcome imposter syndrome so they could realize their value, take controllable action, and redefine their success. My clients will document their goals, achievements, and current journey, have the framework to redefine their goals and journey, and have an executable plan B and become more clear on their goals and realistic path. I'd love for them to be more confident and really determined to succeed. I love to read and write and speak. So, so I'm really happy to be here, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, that's so good because today we are going to talk about imposter syndrome and which is one of Gail's expertise. So before we do that, could you share one of your biggest struggles that you had to overcome to be who you are today, yes. Gail? Yes. Well, for me, I had to get out of my head and stop internalizing everything when I fail. Um, we all have development opportunities and things we need to work on. And I focused on working on those weaknesses too much that I lost sight of the value of my strengths and talent. My negative feelings of inadequacy prevented me from moving forward. So, but as soon as I realized my potential and showcased my strengths, I had a more positive outlook on my career or anything I do for that matter. And I became more proactive. Mm -hmm. And I think with us all, we are so used to focusing on what we need to improve on. Because you were saying that, oh, you were look, focusing more on what you are improving on that you kind of lost sight of your strength. It, it's a great segue into diving into the imposter syndrome, right? Because imposter syndrome is all about like not seeing our potential and seeing that we're a fraud. We are kind of like missing something. Could mm -hmm. you, what you would like to die, like where in the imposter syndrome, would you like to dive into this topic with our listeners? Yes, absolutely. So 
According to the American Psychology Association, up to 82% of us experience imposter syndrome at some point in our life, 65% of us as professionals. There are five types of imposter syndrome, all of which I've experienced at some point. The first one is expert. This is the belief that no matter how much you learn, it doesn't seem enough to succeed. The second one is soloist. When you ask for help, you feel shameful. Sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to handle everything by ourselves, that if we ask for help, then we're seen as failures. The third one is perfectionist. You set very high goals for yourself and compare yourself to others. And if that doesn't happen, you have self-doubt. Gifted one, you set very high goals for yourself as well, but when you experience self-doubt uh, and you don't succeed on the first try, then that's something that you feel yourself as a failure. And the last one, high achiever. You measure yourself up to others to prove that you're not a fake and you push yourself harder and harder in order to validate your success to the point of burnout. But in, in experience imposter syndrome is really the best time to do self-discovery and really reassess your goals and the path to get there. Mm. Out of all of them, you said that you have experienced all of them. Which one do you identify the most? <laughs> the, I would say the achiever because, achiever. I, yes, because that was something that I had to overcome to compare myself to others. I used mm -hmm. to compare myself to others a lot, especially in the professional world, that this is a good worker. This is a, a uh, somebody who uh, has worked up uh, in their profession. Um, they have gotten promotions left and right. And I compared myself to that person all the time. And, and on a personal level too, uh, you know, I compare myself to other moms. Am I doing the right thing? You know, mm -hmm. those kind of uh, self-doubt, negative thinking to yourself. And I think that's something that I really needed to overcome and stop comparing myself and just be myself. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, I I could see myself as a success based on my values and based on my criteria and not hold myself to other standards. And I think that was the key for me to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with you because probably the achiever is one of the ones that I identify the most also. And the worst thing is for me is the jealousy comes in or the envy comes in a lot of a lot of those forms because I compare myself so much to other people. And it's one of the biggest thing I had to work through in order to, you know, like get myself into loving myself more to say, hey, I am enough. I have done the best that I can and I need to be proud of myself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And there are times that we do have to compare ourselves to others, especially in the professional world. We have uh, set standards, you know, some corporations have standards in their ability to assess at re performance review time. You know, we are always co being compared to professionals in the same area 
and what your what their values and goals are. So sometimes imposter syndrome can stem from that. And if there are negative situations that you experience, whether it's in the professional world or as a as as an individual in your personal life, those standards are sometimes cultural, sometimes they're social, and sometimes they're professional. And so imposter syndrome can come out at any time. And it's just a matter of how to overcome that to succeed and not get into that negative thinking in order to really try to get successful. Yeah. So in your own experience as a Asian woman, as a Filipino woman, and in the corporate world, working in the corporate environment, how has that affected you like with the imposter syndrome in your own experience? There are times that I have been the only Asian in on a team or in the room. And sometimes I feel that my voice would not be heard. And sometimes that is in my thinking, right? It, it's it's not any situation that has happened, but sometimes I feel it. And I say, because I am Asian, because I'm Filipino, sometimes I feel that people think differently. And they have that stigma of how Asians are quiet and more reserved. And sometimes it, I think about it and I say, okay, well, I may not be able to be heard or my voice not, might not be able to be heard because of that. And I was able to overcome that because again, I didn't compare myself to others. And when I feel that I have something to say, I started being vocal and I let my talent and my skills speak for me and what I feel is right. And I, lately I've been finding my voice through, through speaking and through writing. And I think that that helps in being able to be heard and seen as an Asian American. Yeah, I think it's so important because I think there is up to maybe our perception is that there are people out there who may be questioning um, who we are or how we should show up. And I want to also like point out that there are a lot of our own experiences from our own family that we have brought on within ourselves that have put us into this position, thinking that other people are putting a limit on us, right? Because like when our parents are like saying, oh, you're not good enough. Why didn't you do better, right? All of these voices, then we keep thinking that, oh, maybe we haven't done be uh, like better, Exactly. So then it also gives us that perception that we're imposters, right? Because like, like on the outside, people see us as competent, but we don't see ourselves as competent. Mm -hmm. And um, and for Gail, she has like worked through her like speaking, her own writing. And in order for her to find her own voice to say, hey, that is not true. And I want to point it out that for a lot of people, maybe it's not true. Like when we see that, other people are viewing us as a certain way. It's just our own view of ourselves. And that's part of the imposter syndrome. Yes, absolutely. One thing that I did want to share is as a Filipina, I was always expected to be in the medical field. There is a stigma about Filipina 
Americans or even Filipinas to be a nurse. And when I was young, my parents naturally thought I would be a nurse, but I did not want to be a nurse because I, naturally I did not like the medical field. Uh, that was not something that I wanted to be in. It's not my passion. And so when I told my family I wanted to go into business and IT, it was a little difficult for them because they always thought being in the medical field was the only way to success because it's been proven. And they were first generation Americans here. So it was a little challenging for them to think that I could succeed or their children can succeed in different professions other than medical. I was able to convince them otherwise, and I'm glad that I was able to challenge them. Uh, but there's, there's, to your point, Claudia, there are cultural differences and ways of thinking that really forms how you see yourself. And if I wasn't in the medical field, then I wasn't worth it because any, any other professions were not really accepted. Yeah. It's right? so funny you said that because my husband is Filipino and his mom is actually a nurse and she's actually a teacher at a yeah. hospital. And she actually wanted him to go into the medical field also, right? Like the doctors, the nurses, but <laughs> but he's not very keen on doing that. He He's more like the engineer mind. And yeah, it's like a lot of people, like Filipino people, like they see them as like, this is the way to go be because it brings in the money. It brings in the stability. It is the success, right? And um, a lot of times, like even with, other cultures like with Chinese right a lot of like you doctor you go into being a lawyer blah blah, blah all these bigger fields and it's just the co concepts that they have been brought up and how we challenge all those all those voices <laughs> exactly exactly so I it for me I felt that I had to prove to my family that you could I could be somebody that I wanted to be and still be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I've been successful at it and it's it's been great. And they have supported me throughout my journey. Uh, and I did really appreciate that. But to your point, it was a little challenging because of that mentality of a cultural and, and financial need mm -hmm. uh, to, to be like everyone else. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So it leads nicely to what useful tips would you share with our listeners for them to implement so that they can overcome their own imposter syndrome if they are feeling that way? I would say the first and foremost important thing is to practice self-care, you know, eat healthy, be physically active, because it will clear our minds to help us bring us into that mental happy place in order to move forward in life. We don't want it to lay, to weigh down on ourselves too much that we end up getting into that vicious cycle because once you feel that you're a failure, it's kind of like a self-prophecy. Mm -hmm. Secondly is to connect with others. It helps us focus on the positive aspects of life through interaction and sometimes if you separate yourself from your situation, it'll help you get a different perspective. 
when we are in a stressful situation and we're filled with anxiety, we feel that it's kind of the end of the world. But if you're connecting with others in the most positive manner, even if it's not talking about your issues, it's it brings a positive impact to your emotional and mental health. Mm-hmm. And you can get a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. The le- third thing is really developing coping skills, coming up with a tactical plan to address the issue. Well, sharpen our emotional intelligence. We would deliberately take inventory and explore ways to showcase our strengths, as I mentioned before, that will help us reduce our imposter syndrome rather than really focusing on our weaknesses. If we highlight and expose our strengths to the world, then we would be able to overcome that imposter syndrome and be more confident in ourselves and be able to showcase our self-confidence and bring that out into the world. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with all those three points, especially the last one, because in a world where we keep comparing ourselves to others, it is only we who can list out all of our accomplishments. And that is when we feel that we are accomplished, then it will feel so much better than we need other people's validation to say, hey, like, oh, Gail, you did such a great job, right? Like it, it doesn't feel the same when like you yourself believe that for yourself, right? So it's so important for us to write down our accomplishments and not just that, to actually feel proud of every single one of them. And for Asians especially, I think we only see accomplishments as real results that we have made other people proud mm-hmm. right it's not even like you know sometimes when we feel so down like just getting up to go wash our face it's like for some of us that is in itself a, an accomplishment and we have to celebrate all of these things and mm-hmm. it's so important for us to do that so thank you so much for sharing those um, tips with us Gail so our show is coming to an end do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners? Yes. So all of us go through negative situations we can't control, which makes us question our competency as individuals, whether it be from uh, failed personal relationships or roadblockers that come up in our careers. How we react to those situations will really determine our success in overcoming those life challenges. As I mentioned before, Claudia, we can practice self-care. We can connect with others to build our support system, develop coping skills, and really most importantly, the confidence to really beat that negative energy. Mentors and coaches always help. We can also ask the universe or the power set be that to guide us in our quest. We can all learn from the words of the serenity prayer. I always say that to myself when I come up with challenges because it helps me put things into focus. I'll say it really quickly. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Through self-discovery and redefining our success, we can really turn our guilt, anger, and self-doubt into an opportunity to really become better versions of ourselves and realize our self-worth. So I do appreciate the time to speak with you, Claudia. I had such a great time and I, I hope to see everyone soon. 
Oh, thank you so much. That was a great final thought, the serenity prayer. And thank you, Gail, for being with us today. And if people want to find you, connect with you, where can they, where, where can they find you? Yes, I can be reached on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm also on Clubhouse and I can be also connected on gailmariel.com. I do have a free downloadable self-discovery journal. If you go out to my site, uh, the listeners will be able to really take inventory of their goals and their challenges. And in that will help identify any type of imposter syndrome that they face at the time. So it's really helpful. And I'm hoping the listeners will be able to connect with me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for your generosity to, for that, for that, um, um, what did you call that? Oh, self-discovery journal. <laughs> for that self-discovery journal. And yes. that's great. And thank you so much again for being with us today, Gail. Thank you, Claudia.